Welcome to Your Life Matters Today, hosted by Dr. Cliff Robertson. Listen in close for tips and the tools you need to discover how to build your best life, overcome mental health challenges, and understand your self-worth. Now, here is Dr. Cliff Robertson. Good morning to Your Life Matters Today. And yes, I'm your host, Dr. Cliff Robertson, Jr. And and it's a good day to be here with you. I've been uh, um, going through some struggles lately. I, uh, I actually came down with, with COVID for the first time. And, uh, you know, it, it's, been, uh, it's, it's been a bit of a struggle, to be honest with you. And uh, so I, 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 I hope if you're listening, you'll, you'll keep me and my, my family in your prayers. But uh, I'm, on the, I'm on the downside of it today, and that's a good thing. But I wanted to come to you today and because during this time when I've had, had a lot of downtime, I've really had that opportunity to think about um, the why. You know, a lot of people will, will talk about uh, all sorts of positive things, and, but it always comes back to why. What is our why? Why can we say our life matters? Why is that? And, and it's important that we, that we really understand what our, what our why is. So today, I'm going solo today. It's just me, but I, but I wanted to make this more of a more of an intimate setting where we really talk about. And, and I'm going to share some personal stories and some other stories that, my, that, I, that I that I share in a book. But um, but I really want you to hear today that your life matters, and I want you to begin to help to discover your why, because when we discover our why and truly get a hold of it. It really begins to change everything. So I have a story to tell you that uh, at times might not be really easy to hear, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about my past. I woke up early one morning, and and as nor- as, as was normal for me, I woke up early around four. But this morning I had a terrible headache. So instead of getting getting out of the road, which was my which was my normal routine. I decided to sleep in, spent some time with my, my wife, had breakfast, uh, spent time with my little girl who wasn't feeling well. And I ended up taking my, uh, my son to school. And this was a number of years ago. And my wife prepared to take my daughter to the doctor. Several hours later, I get a, I get a call from a number that I don't recognize. I let it go to voicemail as is, as most of us do. And I checked the message a minute later, and it was a message you never want to hear. It said that uh, there's been an accident. It's bad. Your wife and your daughter. And I just cut it off then, and I immediately pressed redial, and I'm trying to get a hold of the person who called me. So in absolute terror, I'm calling back, and the guy, and, and the guy is still at the accident scene, and he tells me that Life Flight is taking my wife and little girl to Herman hospital. They are, um, in, in rough condition. And, and as they are taking my wife out of the van, they, um, uh, they're about to hang up and I hear this scream and it is the last sound that I hear from my wife ever. She died that day. She died that day, and my daughter died a little less than a week later. My life spun completely out of control. I wanted to end my life and almost did on a number of occasions. 
I felt like my life no longer mattered. And people tried to talk to me. People tried to tell me things and I wouldn't listen. I, uh, I remember one day it being so dark in my, in my spirit that while it was raining outside, it was raining inside and, and, and someone had given me a book and this book was supposed to help, but it really just created more questions. And those questions are, were things that I didn't have answers to. And because I didn't have answers to, and it, it was, it was literally making things worse. So I remember rolling down the window of my truck and throwing it out, throwing it out the window. I was in the middle of a Home Depot parking lot. Maybe somebody got that book later. I'm not sure, but it didn't help me. So later that day, um, I, uh, after I kind of got to a point where I wasn't sure about anything, I remembered that there was a, uh, a Christian bookstore across the highway. So I'm, I, I, I drove and I went into that bookstore and I, and I was just looking for something. I didn't even know what, what to look for. And then, an, then an author's name popped up that I, that I'd remembered a Dr. Luis Palau. And he wrote a book, Where is God When Bad Things Happen? And I thought, well, I need to know the answer to that question because that is exactly where I am. So I, I sat down on the floor of that bookstore and I ended up reading most of that book, um, crying and making a big puddle on the floor, I'm sure. And I remember buying that book that day and the, and the uh, people in the, uh, in the store didn't quite know how to react to me, but uh, that was okay because there was one phrase, there was one statement that really just kind of brought me back to kind of being okay. And that is, he, he wrote, every life, no matter how long or short, is a complete life. They've had a purpose. And they have fulfilled that purpose. Think about that for just a moment. I mean, really think about that for a moment. Every life has a purpose. Every life has a mission. And, you know, we may not think that there were anything special. We may not think that we are, you know, curing cancer. We may not know any of these things. But we are making a bigger difference than we can imagine. I, I remember in the, in the aftermath of, of the, after the funerals and after everything that went on, you know, my, you know, with my daughter too. And, and, and I remember people reaching out to me and telling me what a difference that they made in their lives and just repeatedly. And, and, and while these were words of men as words of encouragement at, at the moment, in the midst of my grief, I couldn't really see it, but it, but, but as I reflect on it now, I, I can see how important each of us are. We all have a why, and it's oftentimes beyond our own personal needs, our own personal wealth or, 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 or even well-being. It's, it's, really, it's really about others. But I will tell you, as I, as I go, on, go on kind of through my story a little bit, I was a train wreck. I was a train wreck. I, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get wrapped around why this would happen, even though I was, I'd gotten to a better place. So I, I tried everything. I mean, I tried everything. I got 
involved in another relationship too soon. I started a business. I, I then got in another relationship and, and it all failed. It was all a mess. I was a mess. Then I started another business and it was a, and it was a bit of a success, but then it went rapidly downhill because of bad choices and the real estate market collapsed and the choices were just or a mess. And, and at the end of the day, the federal government thought I was such a mess that they felt like they needed to manage me for a while. So not only did I lose everything once when I lost my wife and little girl, I lost everything twice. But in losing everything, I will tell you that I found my mission and my why, because it had nothing to do with my possessions. My why is to share this message and similar messages like this with you today. Because you see, your life matters more than you can imagine. And the thing is, the thing you do every day, what you do when you are nice to someone, when you share encouragement to someone, when you open a door, when you give to a charity, give to a cause, it matters. It, it makes a difference more than we can know, more than we can know. And, and the reason I want you to hear this is because when I was at my lowest, when I was at my very, very lowest point, I was convinced that there was nothing left for me, that there was nothing that truly, truly mattered. And, and that was the, that was the, that was the thought process of me wanting to end my own life. I was just, I I kept thinking, my life is, I am worth more dead than alive. And, you know, I just need to end this so that I can stop the pain of others. And, and all those are, all those are lies that we tell ourselves in the midst of that pain, because we're trying, we're trying to find a solution to it. We're trying to fix it. You know, we think that if, if, if we end it all, we will make this pain go away and, and therefore it'll stop hurting others. But the absolute opposite is the truth. If we do that, the only thing that we've really done is hurt even more people. Yeah, we have, because there are all these other people out here that we have a mission to serve, that we have a mission to make a positive impact on, that that you have been specifically and God-ordained to be a part of their lives. And when we try to fix the situation by taking taking us out of it, We have robbed them of that life-affirming force that you were meant to bring to that situation. Let that sink in a minute because it's important that we understand that we don't have to be some billionaire that's, 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 that's drilling water wells all over the world or coming up with, you know, ways to go to Mars and, you know, and, and cultivate land there. no. We are making a difference right where we are doing what, right what we're doing. Now, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that we can't make a difference beyond that. That doesn't mean that we can't do more than we are currently doing. And, and that's what I want to challenge you here today with. I, I really want to challenge you here today to be willing to step out and do a little more. Do a little more each day because what's going to happen 
is when we become intentional about our lives and intentionally seek to make the world a better place, we are changing our world every day, changing our world. And as we change our world, as you change your world, it changes the world. It makes it a better place. It makes it a place that continues to help people, continues to, maybe there's something you have gone through. I remember I was talking with, talking with a gentleman, and I've shared this story before, where he was going through, where, where he went through a horrible time in his life. And he, um, you know, there was physical and sexual and emotional abuse when he was a child. And he was told he couldn't talk about it. He was told he couldn't talk about it. And then he went to a church and he was told that, great, thanks for sharing it, sharing it with, with, with me. You know, he was the, pa- you know, he wasn't the pastor, but he shared it with the pastor. And I said, thanks for sharing it with me, but don't tell anybody else. And that was wrong. And, and, and thank God he had the courage to stand up and say, no, no, I'm, I'm going to leave here too. And when, in the next place he went, he ended up using his story to help others. That pain, that thing that he went through ended up making a difference in other people's lives. And that is so, so important. That is so critical because that's why we're here. We're not here just for ourselves. We're here to make a difference. We're here to know that just this existence. And, you know, when we do our work, you know, we're, you know, we're leading, we're leading people in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. So not only do our lives matter, our leadership matters. So what I want to talk to you about today is how we can intentionally step into a life that matters even more, that best life that we want, that, that life that, that where we feel fulfilled at the end of each day and, and throughout the day because we know that we are looking beyond just the, uh, the, you know, the moment. Now, I'm going to share a story for you as we, as we close out this first segment that I think is so important. Um, there have been times in my life since then that, that I have battled with depression. And one day in particular, it was a, it was a, it was a Sunday afternoon and I was really struggling Saturday or Sunday afternoon. I'm not sure. I don't remember which, but anyway, um, and I was talking to a friend and, uh, and, and, and she told me, listen, Cliff, I want you to get out of the house. I want you to go and I want you to go to Walmart. Yeah, I want you to go to Walmart. This is not a plug for Walmart, by the way. I want you to go to Walmart, and I want you to buy a plant, one of these fall plants they have in a display up front. And then I want you to, to step outside after you've bought it and give it away to somebody. And I thought she was crazy. And I told her so. And, and I, I tried to convince her that this is not something that I needed to do, that I'd be okay. But she convinced me. Finally, so finally, I did it. And, 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 and I went to the Walmart all the way on the other side of town because I didn't want anybody to know me. And, and as soon as I walked in the door, there was the, there was the display of fall plants and they were pretty and they weren't very expensive. They were $10. So I, so I, I went through and, and I just picked up one at random that looked okay. And then I uh, went to the counter, checked out and uh, walked outside and I turned around. 
not having any idea how I was going to pick somebody out, but I did. And, but I started looking at people, I started noticing them and I started realizing that, you know, there's all sorts of different folks here. But then there was this elderly lady that was, that was pushing her cart. She had her head down, like she was doing everything she could to push that cart out that door. And I, and I thought this is the one. So I walked up to her and I said, ma'am, I would really like to give you this, this plant today. The biggest smile on her face. Um, and she looked over at me and she smiled and said, well, I, you know, you know, I thank you, young man. And so we struck up a conversation and I helped her out to her car with her, with her groceries. And, uh, she said, you have no idea how, how good this made me feel today. I was really struggling. And I told her, you have no idea how good this made me feel today. And I was really struggling. Just that one simple act of kindness made a difference. I mean, I didn't even remember feeling depressed anymore. I was on cloud nine. I was, I was walking on air. And after that, it was, it was such a, uh, it was such a, an overflowing emotion. I had to go in the store and buy another one to do it again. And I did. And, and I want to tell you that making a difference like that intentional, becoming intentional about it is going to be the topic of our next session. You know, intentionally making our lives matter even more how we can truly change our world day by day, one, one, one thing at a time and how, when we do that, we will begin to experience an elevated sense of wellness and happiness that we have yet to know. This is Dr. Cliff Robertson Jr. with your life matters today. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you're struggling to understand your self-worth or deal with mental health challenges, you will want to tune into Your Life Matters Today with Dr. Cliff Robertson. Dr. Cliff and his guests will help you understand and work toward what you need to build your best life. Your Life Matters Today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're tuned into Your Life Matters Today with Dr. Cliff Robertson. 
If you have a question for Dr. Robertson or his guests, you can join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Dr. Cliff Robertson. Hey, and good morning. This is uh, Dr. Cliff Robertson Jr. with Your Life Matters Today. And today we're, we're talking about our why. And, we're, you know, we first part of the show, we, we, we kind of broke down and I, and I talked about some of my story and, and I tried to share some of those, some of those stories, but we want to get to a point in our lives where we are doing things to intentionally make a difference in this world. Uh, our life matters no matter what, but what can we do on a daily basis? What can we do to become more intentional about changing our world. And while it's not about, while all that change isn't necessarily, it's not necessarily about us, by doing this, it helps us. It helps us to, to be happier, to be more fulfilled. Um, just a real quick little synopsis on the idea of positive psychology. I'm a, I'm a big advocate of this because I've, I've seen it work. I've experienced it myself. I've, I've, I've read the studies, and what positive psychology tells us is that we all are at a, basically a, a happiness or well-being set point, status quo, and that we can do things to increase our level of happiness and well-being. There are certain things we can do. One of those things is to exercise on a regular basis, that increases our sense of, of well-being and happiness. We can journal, we can do a gratitude journal and, and kind of write out, get it, get, you know, get our feelings out on paper and really express our gratitude. We can do a, you know, a daily meditation and, 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 and devotional time, focusing on sacred, on, on, you know, on, on sacred words, sacred scripture. And, the last thing that it talks about that that literally makes the biggest difference is when we do something for others that cannot repay us. That is emotionally like going from like getting a fifty thousand dollar year raise, like when you you go from a twenty five thousand dollar year job to a seventy five thousand dollar year job. That's the kind of emotional impact it has on you, and I, and I will tell you, like it, like I said in my last segment. Uh, that's that's what I experienced experienced that day when I went to went to Walmart and was giving away plants and 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 when we when we take the time to become intentional about our about our giving we we we, we you know we do change the world we you know but it's not always about giving to people on the outside maybe it's not maybe it, it is also about giving giving on the on the inside of our family. So we 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 talked a little bit about uh, living intentionally uh, in this world. But one of the other things that's so that's so important is that we is is, is that we have a, a focus on family transformation. That the people are under our own roof. I mean, I, I mean, I love what Mother Teresa said, and that is, if you want to change the world. Start by loving your family. That's that's where it begins. Now I know that there are broken families out there. There are 
horribly dysfunctional families out there. And, 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 and I realized that it, that may, that may be a harder task to grasp than you're willing to even consider today. And that's okay. It's okay. Hang with me. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to you. But for those of you that have, have a family that, that, that you live with, that you, that you love, I, I want to share a story with you. There was a, uh, there was a single mom in Detroit and, uh, you know, she left home early and got married. She got married to the wrong guy. He ended up being married to several others and was eventually arrested for bigamy. But she left this man who had, who had, who had gotten her pregnant twice and, um, who had beaten her and, you know, just all sorts of things and, and really hadn't, you know, really had been the wrong guy. But she was determined that that her two sons would have a better life. So she she worked two and three jobs and and really worked hard to make sure they had everything they needed. She 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 was was intentional and she also struggled herself with mental health. In fact, at one point she had she had to be admitted to a hospital to help her get battle through her own her own depression. And she had family during that time take care of her kids but when she got out she she redoubled her effort she was a woman of faith and really worked hard to make sure those kids had what they needed she had grown up not knowing how to read but she wanted to make sure that those kids knew how to read and they did and while while the other kids were out playing her kids were studying and she insisted on it she insisted that they learn to read and and read read some every day above even above and beyond their studies, and she continued to just love them by 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 instilling that that discipline in them, um, not not accepting not accepting the ways of the world, but just you know wanting them to have have more by not by any other way, but by by giving more and doing more, and those kids turned out pretty amazing. One of them, the oldest, ended up being an engineer. Um, the other one ended up being a famous, uh, very famous um, doctor, neurosurgeon, pediatric neurosurgeon, former um, presidential candidate and former director of HUD, Dr. Ben Carson. Um, they grew up with nothing. And became everything because someone in their home, their mother, loved them enough, loved them enough to give them everything she had. She followed those words of Mother Teresa by changing the world, by loving her family, giving what she had, what she could to them, making sure that they had a better opportunity for a life than, than she could ever imagine. And, and, I, and I want you to hear this, is that when we do that, the impact we have on this world is beyond comprehension. I mean, I cannot even begin to imagine the number of people that these two young men have now impacted. I mean, it's, 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 it's been astounding. I mean, just in the, in, in the medical field and in the engineering world and then in political realms and the in the books that they've written and, and everything that's happened. I mean, you could fill 
several stadiums with people that, that, are, that are raving fans that have been intimately impacted. I know from working with a nonprofit and working with HUD that Dr. Carson was constantly working to try to get more, more options, more programs out there for people. So the, the number is probably, probably staggering. All because one woman who never finished high school, who struggled to read most of her life, insisted on loving her children more than anything else and making sure that they had all that they needed. That's powerful. So my challenge for you today is what can you do? What can you do to love your family just a little more today? Give them a little bit more. Make a little bit more of of a difference today. You might be amazed at what you can do. And, And in that, you might find your why. We'll get to the, you know, in the last segment, we'll get to how we actually break that down here in just a minute. But what I, but what I want you to, what I, what I want you to think about is, what is my why? Maybe this is your why, or maybe in this next story you'll find your why. There was this little girl, and by the way, we're shifting to more of a work, making a difference in your work world. But there was this little girl who was who was put into a, uh, a mental hospital. Again, we're going back to the mental hospital. Sorry for the continued references there. And uh, her name was Annie. And in fact, she was uh, she was a young girl, um, seven, eight, nine, ten, something like that, when she first went in. And she was so out of control, she had to be locked up and put in a in a room where she couldn't hurt herself because when she was when she was awake, she was fighting, biting, hitting, scratching, banging her head against the wall. And when she was asleep, her eyes were open and she looked like she was comatose. And it was crazy. And literally, they called her Crazy Annie. And you may have heard me share this story before. But there was this elderly nurse who, who was a woman of faith and really wanted her to know that God still loved her and she didn't know how to do it. She didn't know where to begin. She was a nurse. She wasn't a doctor and everybody had given up on her. Everybody had given up on the, on, on Annie, but she knew that she needed to do something. So during her lunchtime on her own time, not something she was being paid to do. She decided to go down and have lunch with Annie and she would talk to her. She would pray with her. She would sing with her. And then one day, <clears throat> When she was finishing up her own her own lunch, she left part of her brownie on Annie's food tray. And she didn't know if she'd take it. She didn't know if it'd be thrown away. She just knew that she wanted to do something. She wanted to do something to connect. So she did. And the next day, the food was gone. And so she thought, hmm, that was interesting. So she did it again. And she kept praying and singing and talking and going down. And a week or so later, Annie started to talk to her. Looked at her first for a little while because she had never looked at her before and began to talk to her. And after a while, she began to talk to her. They began to to have some, some more interaction. She got the doctor involved. And the doctor began to see progress. And over the course of several years, uh, she went from Nobody being able to do anything at all with her 
to actually being moved out of the dungeon, out of that cell to the main floor where she was able to get regular interactive treatment and and work with others and, and all of that. All because one woman took time during her lunch to share part of her life with this young girl. This young girl continued to to advance and continued to get better up until the point where the doctors came to her one day and said, Annie, you're cured. You're good. You're free to go. You are free to go. And she looked at the doctors in the eye and said, you know what? But I'm not going anywhere. I want to turn around and help somebody else the way that I have been helped. And she did. Her name was Ann Sullivan. And the person that she became a lifelong companion with right after that was Helen Keller. Think about this for just a moment. Just because one person, one person decided to, on their own time in the, in the work environment, to go above and beyond to seek out to try to make a difference in one other person's lives, in one other person's life, that all this difference was made. That it meant more than, I mean, this isn't help that you could buy. I mean, I, I wrote an article recently and, and posted it on my blog about how the VA has spent $200 billion on, on mental health, specifically trying to combat veteran suicide. And, but there's, but there's that connection piece. There's, I mean, you can throw all kinds of money at something and it not fix anything. Sometimes we really just need that human connection, that, 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 that focused attention on someone to help them know that their life truly matters. What this elderly nurse that was at the end of her career was doing couldn't have been bought. Nobody could have, have, have paid somebody to do that. They wouldn't have known that this was the answer because it wasn't written in any textbook anywhere. It wasn't studied or researched or anything. It was just loving. It was just it being intentional about making a difference in somebody's life. And, and they were literally leading by example. They were, they, were, they were working to make a difference, and that difference literally changed the world. It made such a huge difference that there have been books and movies and different ways of, of handling those with developmental disabilities ever since then. In fact, Helen Keller went on to get a college degree and, and all these different things. And Ann Sullivan was the one helping her go through all that. And, and I, I just can't help but think, wow, if we were to be a little bit more intentional in our workspace, if we were to step out and say, you know what? I'm going to do more than I'm getting paid for. I'm going to seek, maybe I'm going to make a difference in a different way. But I see this person over here struggling, and I want to help them. I want to do what I can. And you might be amazed at the difference that you can make there. You see, in doing that, you're becoming a leader. You may not have a title that talks about leading. You may not have this manager or executive or anything else. But you know what? Can you lead without a title? Absolutely you can. 
In fact, the best leaders lead without titles. And, and, and as we do that, that's when we find our mission. And when we find our mission in life, when we begin to, to determine our why, you begin to get a vision. You begin to get a vision of, of what you can be doing and, and, and what you want it to look like, what you want your world to look like, feel like, seem like, become. And in doing so, the world begins to change around you. The world begins to become a place where happiness is not some fleeting wisp of smoke. Happiness becomes something that is continually elevated day by day. Yeah, there's going to be days when you're down. There's going to be days when, when what you're trying to do gets thrown back in your face. But we can't allow that to deter us. We have to continue to be intentional, knowing that we are making a difference, trusting the process. Trust the process. Trust knowing that if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, if you are living your mission, and in this final segment, we're going to go there, living your vision, beginning with your why, you will change your world. This is Dr. Cliff Robertson, Jr. with Your Life Matters Today, and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you concerned about the state of the world? Do you engage in political action of any kind? From signing online petitions, contributing money to causes, texting your representative to voting? Are you questioning the impact you're making? Listen to Living Well as a Political Act with executive coach and strategist Patricia Gerardo. Patricia will provide a blueprint for how to better understand and help you see what the key ingredient is to making positive change in the world. Living Well as a Political Act, Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're tuned into Your Life Matters Today with Dr. Cliff Robertson. 
If you have a question for Dr. Robertson or his guests, you can join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Dr. Cliff Robertson. Hey, good morning again. Thanks for coming back to the final segment today. And we've been talking about uh, Your Life Matters, obviously. And we've been talking about the, uh, you know, just just trying to get to a point of discovering your why and how important, truly important your life is today. And we've shared some stories. We've had some, um, I don't know, to me, it's been pretty impactful to talk about. In this final segment, I want to really get down, drill down into the discovery of your why. And as I normally do, I always like to begin with a story. I, I, and I'm gonna and I'm borrowing the story from Andy Stanley in his book Visioneering. And if you haven't read it, I would recommend it. Um, but he wrote about a about a young man that he knew when he was a youth pastor uh, that that had this. He 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 felt like that God had given him a mission, given him a vision that uh, he needed to share the gospel with every member of his school. And he wasn't an outgoing guy. He wasn't someone who was going to be everybody's best friend. He was, he was actually what's called a skater um, and a skateboarder. And, you know, he was just not, it was just not the thing in, in, in where he was going to school and he wasn't popular, but he was committed and he, and he began to try to share. And uh, he, he made friends with this, with this new kid in school. And, uh, and they became close. They became good friends. And uh, he began to share his, his, you know, the message that God put on his heart. And this kid had, uh, had struggled, had, had struggled with, uh, you know, you know, a home that had alcohol and other types of abuse in it. So uh, this this young man ended up surrendering his life to Christ at you know toward the end of the school year, and and it was a uh, and it was a beautiful thing. But at as the school year closed out, the the young man who had this mission to share Christ with the entire school became very disappointed. He, he became very disappointed, and and he he went to his youth pastor and said, you know, I'm getting ready to go to college. Um, and I, and I didn't fulfill my mission and the, and the youth pastor didn't really know what to tell him. Um, you know, it just felt like, well, maybe that wasn't my mission after all. Maybe, maybe it was something else. Maybe, you know, he, he didn't know he didn't have a clue. So he was a little despondent, a little depressed over all that. Didn't know quite what to do, whether he'd really heard and, and believe that that was what he was supposed to do. So the summer went on and the school year started again that fall and the the young man in the story went to, went to college, but his friend was still in high school, still a, still a, still a senior. And they were getting ready for the uh, homecoming game. And prior to the homecoming game, there was always a big, um, uh, all school, um, conference, the entire school got together in the gymnasium because they wanted to really promote, um, you know, no drinking because drinking had become a, a real problem. And they wanted to make sure that people knew not to drink and the dangers of it. And the principal had known that th- 
this young man had come from an alcoholic home, had, had, had battled with some of it too, but had really seen him come a long way in the last year and, and, and wanted him to, to, to speak to the, the student body and, and tell them, tell them his experience. Uh, there were two speakers that day. One was a, a former student uh, who had been in a horrible car accident during homecoming when he had been to that school. And, you know, the story didn't really go over so well. Uh, it, it didn't really impact. He tried to be funny and, and tell some jokes and, and it didn't really work. Um, so when, um, when that was done, there was a couple, there was a little bit of applause, but then when the, the other young man, the one that had, had given his life to Christ, uh, was called up to the microphone. He, uh, he started to tell his story and he started to tell a story about how this one young man, this one former senior that just graduated, uh, had befriended him, shared a story. He talked about how his, his family had been involved in alcohol and drugs and that how this one young man had, had talked to him about faith and how he'd given his life to Christ and how it had changed everything. It changed everything for him. And he wasn't that person anymore. And that, um, and if anybody would like to talk to him about it, he would, uh, he would stay as long as anybody wanted to talk. And at the very end, um, of his talk, there was absolutely dead silence in that gymnasium, absolute silence. And then slowly but surely, people began to stand up and give him a standing ovation. And it took two hours after that was done for him to work through the line of people who were coming to talk to him and, and, and tell him that some, some of them told him their stories. Some of them wept and cried and and, and prayed and surrendered to Christ themselves. I mean, it was a beautiful scene. So in the end, the young man whose vision it was to share, share Christ with his entire school, vision was fulfilled. It wasn't necessarily fulfilled by him directly speaking to them, but it happened. It happened. And what I, what I, what I want you to realize is that um, when we are committed to a vision, to a cause, we have to realize that sometimes it may happen beyond our um, beyond our purview, and and we have to be willing and open to not be so tied up in, in who gets the credit for it. I remember um, reading this quote over and over again. It says, "It's amazing what we can accomplish when we don't care who gets the credit." While that is easy to say, sometimes it is hard to swallow. Recently, I've experienced some of that, and uh, you know, it's been it's been hard to swallow. So, uh, but when I take a step back and I set my ego aside and I realize the work's being done, the message is getting out. I want you just let it go and just know that God's in control. So, how do we discover that? Why? I mean, this young man felt like it was God's message. Um, you know, Sonia Carson knew that she needed to love her kids. Um, how do we know? I mean, how do we know? And and I and I would say that it be I, I would honestly begin in prayer. God, what is what is my why? What is what is your mission for my life? Because he says in Ephesians 2 10, 
For you are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus for the good work that he's ordered for you for the beginning of time. In other words, he has a mission for you. But I would like to begin with a, with a, just a couple of questions. You know, once you pray that, and I want you to begin to, you know, to really think about this. What is it that you love? What is it you truly love, love doing, love to be a part of? What is it that you love? And that's question one. Question two is, what are you good at? What do you feel like you are naturally gifted at? Now, that doesn't mean that just because you feel like you're naturally gifted, that that is what you're supposed to be doing. Maybe you're naturally gifted at something, but you need some additional skill sets. That means you need to go to school. You need to get some additional education. But what do you feel like you're good at? What do you feel like you're called to? Do you do you like helping people? Do you like listening to people? Do you are you good with numbers? Are I mean, what is it that you're good at? So the intersection between what you love and what you're good at oftentimes is is your passion. And when you can harness that passion with something you can also get paid for, that passion can become a profession. So, and that's the, that's the third question we, we've asked, what is it that you love to do? What are you good at? And what can you be paid for? Now, just because, just because you have this, this mission, this passion, that doesn't ne- always necessarily mean that it's going to be something that you're getting paid for. You know, some of many people will, will work to support their passion, will, will work to support the things that they really love to do. And, and you know what? That is a, a, a perfectly good combination too. I mean, it's like the, you know, the example with the, with the nurse in, in any story, she wasn't getting paid to go down there and have, you know, and have lunch with this young lady. That wasn't part of her job description. She was going above and beyond because that's what she, that was her calling. That was her love. That was the way that she was working to intentionally make a difference and intentionally matter even more. So maybe that's it for you. Because the fourth question is, what does the world need? Because just because it's your mission doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be your profession. But it could be that it could all come together and it could be all wrapped up in one, you know, in one big, one big final, final ball where you can get paid for what you do. You can get paid for what you love to do, paid for what the world needs. And pay for what you're good at. You know, I don't know what that I don't know what that answer is for you today, but I want to kind of work back through some of these ideas real quick. What is it you love to do? In other words, what is it you do that consistently makes you smile or consistently challenges you to go deeper? With me, it's writing and speaking, sharing a message and and writing writing books or writing articles to help challenge people, to challenge ideas and to help drive them deeper into something and to share that message verbally, you know, either orally or video, um, just really to try to impact people where they are. That makes me smile because I know that when, you know, when, when, when I have a message that God's put on my heart, that there's at least one person out there that needs to hear it. And I hope that one person is listening today, and I believe they are, and I believe it's probably you. So what makes you smile? What are you good at? What are some of the 
things that come natural to you? Is it a skill set that you may, may be able to make better through education or enhance your natural ability as far as gifting? Um, what is it you could get paid for is, is the next one. Could that be, you know, could that be education and training? Um, could that be some sort of, um, some sort of, of, of second job? Could that be something else? Maybe you need a, a, a vocational assessment to try to figure that out. And the final thing is, what does the world need? Well, I will tell you specifically what the world needs from you. The world needs the best you. The world needs the best you that you can be today. The world needs your mission. Because you have a mission in this world that no one else on this planet can fulfill. Just you. And if you don't do it, it's not going to be done. I love the story of Osceola McCarty. She was a washerwoman in Mississippi. She saved her money a little bit every day. And it, toward the end of her life, she, you know, the, you know, you know, the bank, the bank folks called her in and said, Hey, listen, you have saved quite a bit of money and we think you need to be doing something with it. And she ended up giving away someone who worked for, for coins and change and, 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 and dollars. She ended up giving away a quarter of a million dollars. And by her example, by her doing the best she could with what she had, she inspired hundreds and thousands of others. In fact, um, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but there was one guy who said, if a washerwoman can give away a quarter of a million dollars, I can give away a billion dollars. That's exactly what he did. Ted Turner was made. Yeah, it was. It was. So just think about that. If we're intentional and, the, and we're giving the world the best that we have, we never know how big of an impact it's going to be. And it's going to be amazing. Listen, I am just about out of time today. I want you to know something, though. I want you to hear something from me. Your life matters to stay right where you are. But there are things that you can do every day to make your life more intentional and continue to make an even larger difference. And I want to challenge you to do that. I want to challenge you to reach out and ask the hard questions. You know, what is it I love? What is it that, uh, you, know, you know, what is it that I'm good at? What is it that I can get paid for? What is it that the world needs? And the world needs the best you it can get. If you're interested in finding out more about this, I, I would love for you to check out my book on Amazon called Your Life Matters Today, the toolkit, the toolkit to change your world. They're telling me I'm out of time. I want you to know that you are loved. You make a difference. You are important. And your life matters today. This is Dr. Cliff Robertson, Jr. And I'll be talking to you next week. Make it a great day. Thanks for tuning in to Your Life Matters Today with Dr. Cliff Robertson. Have any questions for Dr. Robertson? Join us on next week's show and share your story or thoughts. We hope we've helped you overcome some of your deepest inner struggles. Have a beautiful week.